Welcome back to the Mission Women podcast, where we exist to encourage each other in our walks with Jesus. I'm Katie Sievers, and I'm here with Katie Edelman. Hi. And that's right. We are just a couple of Katies from the 80s here to chat with you and to chat with a couple of some amazing women in our series. Our first series as a podcast is Greater Than, where we're talking about how God is greater than um, the challenges and the situations that we find in life. And each week, we're going to be able to follow up with the women who are here on the interview podcast with a Zoom call to connect and continue learning and growing together. Today, we will be focusing in on how God is greater than my ministry. It's always a challenge to not let our ministries become our main focus or to not let them be what defines us. Mm -hmm. We need to remember that God is in control, and He's the one who makes our ministries effective and determines the successful outcome. Uh, With that in mind, we would love to welcome Kelly Slavic to the podcast today. All right, I am Katie Sievers, and I'm here with Katie Edelman, and we are so excited today to be here with Kelly Slavic. Hi, welcome, Kelly. Thank you for having me. Uh, And we're excited today to be talking about how God is greater than my ministry. Mm -hmm. And so Kelly is going to share a little bit. Could you start by just telling us a little bit about yourself? Okay. So my name is Kelly Slavic, and John and I have been married for about 18 years. Um, We were married in Monoka Bible Church in the Red Room, the beautiful red carpet. (laughs) We have five kids, ages 15, 14, 12, 12, and 7. Our oldest daughter is on the autism spectrum and partially verbal, and we have a set of fraternal twin boys. So you're not busy at all? No. Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> wonderful. Um, can you tell us a little bit more, too, about your, your testimony? Um, yes. So I actually grew up Catholic until um, I was about in the eighth grade, and um At the same time, my mom went to a Pentecostal church. So on Saturdays, I would go to a Catholic Mass, and on Sundays, I would go to a Pentecostal service. So I I tease that I'm still in therapy over all of that. (laughs) The full spectrum. The full spectrum. Um, But by the time I got to eighth grade, it was just I got more out of the events and the things um, presented at my mom's church. And so I decided not to get confirmed into the Catholic faith. And then in the process, my dad became a Christian, and then we ended up at a Bible church together as a family. So it's it's neat, though, to have the tradition of the Catholic Church. Yeah. I understand um, so much of it. I still have very good friends and family members who are true to their Catholic faith, and there are brothers and sisters in Christ, too. So. <laughs> That's a really great and rich um, background. Uh, could you tell us, if do you have a verse that you just claim or a life verse or a special I one? I do. The Lord gave me this verse a few years ago. Um, it's Psalm 16, 8. I have set the Lord always before me. With Him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. When our daughter was put on the autism spectrum, she was only 15 months old. Uh, she was typical val- typical developing up until um, her one-year immunization. So after her MMR, she quit talking. She had a high fever and rash, and we just kind of spiraled down from there. 
we have never jumped on the bandwagon saying vaccines are not good. Um, so that's not what this is about. But um, we just used more caution moving ahead with our other kids. And so because she was so young, she was uh, eligible for early intervention. And she had medical diagnostics and the state came in for therapies. But two weeks after she was put on the autism spectrum, we found out we were having twins. So we were juggling going to um, blood draws and EK, uh, EEGs with her on her brain to doctor's appointments and hearing the heartbeats of our boys and just the emotional roller coaster that that all encompassed. And it wasn't until years later that I discovered this verse and I have just clung to it ever since because when you have God in front of you and that is your focus, all the chaos around you it just kind of falls by the wayside and the Lord keeps you firm and planted where you're at. I love um, just hearing you speak about that. You can almost like hear like the peace. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, some people listening might think like, wow, that season of her life sounds super stressful and like really mm -hmm. chaotic. But the way that you cling to your faith and your verse of Psalm 16, mm -hmm. 8 and how that rooted you deeper in him and how that br brought you and your family personal peace. Mm -hmm. I think it's just such a strong um message to get out there. Um, can you tell us a little bit about, you know, even in that season about how you were just walking deeper um, with the Lord and maybe how that kind of infiltrated into your next season of ministry? So 11, about 11 or 12 years ago, um, I was praying for a little girl, Molly May, and she was born with a rare form of brain cancer. And I began spiritual fasting and praying. And um, we knew Molly May um, because my brother was her uncle. Um, it was his in-laws, and they live in uh, Tennessee, and he would give us updates all of the time. And not only were, was I praying for Molly Mae, but we were getting phone calls. This one had cancer. This one was going through that. This one's child, you know, was, was going through something. And it's like everything material-wise material that God had blessed John and I with wasn't worth a hill of beans to these people. All I could offer them was my prayers. And so um, I walking deeper in that and, and then having what, gone through what we went through with Sienna and raising the twins, um, it just it just narrows it down for you when you have a life first to focus on. And it when you take the time to just sit still in the presence of God and just let him speak to your heart. Um, it's such, it's, it's so peaceful and it's just such a wake up call that, man, there's just so much more going on than what I'm seeing with my human eyes. Like, cause God is sovereign. He's omnipotent. Yeah. He's omniscient. He, you know, he's, he's all of those wonderful things. So it was just, it, it didn't happen overnight. And this was, you know, years in the making years right. in the making. I think that's super relatable to even like things that are going on in our world today. There's so much need out there. And it is kind of interesting that through the pandemic, I'm sorry, um, that I just feel like my prayer life personally has been just so much stronger and I'm clinging to it more. And um, I just 
totally can relate to you saying like, all I can do is pray for you, but like really pray. Like not like so many people say like, oh, I'm going to like, oh, I'll pray for you. But like, but really, really pray and just really kind of knowing what power that really holds when you sit in presence with the Lord. Yes. And this was a type of like face down on the floor, getting into worship, reading the word, studying the word, um, and just letting God speak to me. And then when I was invited to pray for my kids in their schools, Mm -hmm. Moms in Prayer then taught me about the four steps that we pray through of uh, praise and confession, thanksgiving, and intercession. And that's where I learned um, to cling to God for who He is and and learn all of His names. And what do those names mean? What do those attributes mean? And then to have the Scripture to go with all of those, it, it does. It opens your heart and your mind kind of like to the next level. Yeah, totally. In your spiritual walk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think a lot of us too are like, you know, we're used to hearing prayers before meals yeah. mm-hmm. or, you know, the quick, mm-hmm. please God, <laughs> yeah. know, sort of yes. prayers. So to realize that there's this huge rich experience mm-hmm. that we can have with the Lord mm-hmm. um, where it is more relational. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's huge. And I think I'm, I'm grateful uh, to have women around yeah. who, yes. who have, have learned and mm-hmm. can help and teach and be like, yeah, there's more here. You right. know, there really is. And so, um, yeah, just grateful to hear how the Lord has been doing that in your life and how you're using that to help other people. You had talked, um, mentioned Moms in Prayer. Can mm-hmm. you tell us a little bit about your role in that ministry? Yes. So I am the Illinois State Coordinator for Moms in Prayer, and our vision is very simple. It's to have every school in the world covered by a group of praying moms. And so my role is threefold. We focus on prayer, obviously, and equipping our women and outreach. So I help moms um, just come together. It takes one other mom to pray with for their school and the teachers in their school and the the support staff, um, the students, her own kids. We teach moms how to pray specifically and scripturally for our kids. Um, I grew up reading the Bible. I knew about the Bible, but I never knew um, I could insert my own name or my child's name in that verse. And I man, definitely learned that from you. Yes, I did. And when did. you when <laughs> you say, you know, God bless Sienna and, and keep her her path straight and narrow, it just takes on a whole new meaning. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I help other moms do. And we have a Shanahan Manuka prayer group that's been praying for 10 years now oh, for I students love it. in schools. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. That's and so impactful. Amazing. Yeah. Like it it makes a difference. I know, like, looking at my own life, there are people like Ryan's, my husband's parents and grandparents who've been praying over, you know, for generations Mm -hmm. over families. And so, you know, just in our own families, it can make an impact. And then when we pray for our communities, um, like, it's amazing to see what the Lord does with that, with faithful prayer. Yes, because it's a ripple effect. Yeah. It was easy for God to to move me into this role because same thing. Um, my husband's mother and grandmother were were prayer warriors. My mom was a prayer warrior. My grandma, even my Catholic grandma, I attribute my prayer life to because no matter what was going on at her house 
or how many people were there, if it was time for her to say that rosary and read through her prayer books, yeah. that's what she focused on. And I remember countless nights of her falling asleep with the rosary yeah. in her hand, mm-hmm. praying her rosary. And um, it, it it's impactful. But you don't have to have that legacy because prayer is just a conversation with God. In our ministry, we're just helping that conversation go a little bit deeper. There's no right or wrong way to pray, and you both know that. Yeah. Yeah. You can call out to God, right. and He's there. And sometimes mm-hmm. the the prayers of our kids are way more impactful than the prayers of any adult, too. I think, too, that, like— Growing up, I grew up Catholic, too, and prayer was always— you know, an important thing. We we prayed before meals. I can remember my grandma with her rosary too, falling asleep and praying the rosary and, and having these prayer events almost at church, like um, where we would get together. And when I came to mission, it was so different. Yes. And it was so intimidating. Like yes. I, it would produce mass anxiety. Yes. Um, and knowing that there is no wrong way and knowing that there are resources mm-hmm. out there, which actually I attribute to you coming to speak at mom's group, um, to really pushing me forward in mm-hmm. my prayer life and, and just knowing that there is not a wrong way to no, pray and it's not just a all. conversation with God and I just am noticing like as I'm growing in my faith and diving deeper that my prayers are just becoming more vibrant mm-hmm. and more mm-hmm. and that's totally the Lord working in my absolutely. heart for sure absolutely yeah. So I'm so grateful for how you have been obedient to the Lord's call mm-hmm. in your life and you've stepped into a leadership role mm-hmm. with moms in prayer mm-hmm. and I know that as when like when you step into ministries like that, mm-hmm. sometimes the goal of the ministry or the nitty-gritty details of the ministry become the big thing and they can be kind of distracting us from the call that we have. Can you talk a little bit about how how sometimes we need just a little help prioritizing the Lord over our ministry or seeing how the Lord's really at work and it's not just about the goal, you know, that we have in our ministry. Right. Sometimes we get so caught up on the outcome, the numbers, the statistics, um, the event itself that we forget that the Lord's just requiring our attention Mm -hmm. and our focus and our deepening of a relationship with Him. And of course, He wants um, as many people to be reached as possible, but sometimes the the goal um, is is not as important as the process of getting to that goal. Uh, John and I worked many years in youth group here, uh, both 360 and ICE together and apart, and. Working with the kids is wonderful and fulfilling, and you have to be called to work with teens yeah, as yeah. junior <laughs> hires. But now that I'm in my next season of ministry, man, to pray for them and to pray for the pastors and to pray for the parents of these kids, it's so much more rewarding. And I can keep track of that in a journal, but I don't go back and count all those prayers. You know what I mean? It's just, it's how is that relationship growing? How are you using those prayers to bless to bless each other. And um, women women like to chit-chat and talk. Mm-hmm. And, and so we make pretty good prayer warriors. We really do. Oh, man. So grateful for how the Lord has covered, you know, mission mm-hmm. and, yes. and different 
different seasons of life in, in prayer. Absolutely. Using, using women, using, using faithful, devoted mm-hmm. prayer warriors. Absolutely. So true. So true. So I had um, the privilege of hearing you speak at Mom's Group, and I just wanted to bring up as we're wrapping up that Kelly is just awesome to hear speak. She's just a source of information. Um, she's inspiring. She's totally inspired me um, in my prayer life. I still have in my Bible at home um, the handout that you handed out with, like, how to pray, like, bullet points, like, give God Tell him who he is and give thanks and confession, which I feel like a lot of people forget in their prayers is, you know, reconciliation and confession. And um, so I still use it. It's worn out. (laughs) Um, but We'll get you a new one. Yeah. (laughs) I probably could use one. But um, I just really want to encourage you all to um, check out Moms in Prayer. Mm -hmm. Um, The website is Moms momsinprayer.org or mm-hmm. on her Zoom call later on this week. And we just want to thank you so much yeah, for being brave. So I know welcome. it's like, you know, not easy being recorded, but <laughs> um, we're just so grateful that you um, agreed to come and chat with us today. And it's been so great. Well, thank you for having me. This ministry is a blessing. Um, the women who you are reaching is a blessing. And um I'm just very honored to be a part of it all. So thank you. Well, we are going to wrap up each of our episodes with a favorite question. And I have pre-warned Kelly (laughs) of her question. But um, I'm going to go ahead and ask you, what was your favorite movie as a child? My favorite movie as a child was... The Goonies. Oh. I'm dating myself. The (laughs) classic, though. Yeah, it is a classic. classic. And... um, Sometimes I feel like our brood is the Goonies. So, <laughs> so relatable. It's as so well. relatable. <laughs> yes. And now I'm watching it with my kids, which is Isn't always bringing your life best. full yes. circle. Is, I feel is like that's great. so fun when it comes full circle. Mm-hmm. And you're like, this is crazy. I have children that are watching this. Movie. Yes. And you can quote it together. Yes. Yeah. You know, it becomes everybody's favorite. I love that. I love that. Um, Katie and I were discussing before our favorite movies, and I had to say child a movie as a child would most likely be Cinderella. But I always my grandma lived with me um, since I was like two or three, so we would always sit and watch like the old classics. So I have a soft place in my heart for like you know Shirley Temple mm-hmm. and Audrey Hepburn and the Bing Crosby and. Fred Astaire type, you know. I still listen to that type of music, too, at times. Um, so that's what I would pick for my favorite genre, really. Yeah. What about you, Katie? Um, I. It's just so funny when we talk about these similar yeah. stories. Like, I <laughs> yes. like could spend summers with my grandma. So yeah. same movie playlist, apparently. Yeah. Um, but I, I, you know, I'll date myself, too. VHSs were how I used to watch <laughs> movies as a kid. And I wore out two movies. Um, when I was a kid, it was The Little Mermaid. Like, love I put it. it in the old school rewinder <laughs> three <laughs> yes, times. <sure. laughs> um, yeah, I love The Little Mermaid when I was a kid. And then also The Sound of Music. Yes. So that Classic. is just, uh, like, the best. It's ridiculously long, but it was it's so good. And full circle thing, watching it, or, yeah, watching with it, watching it with the kids um, has been so fun mm-hmm. and singing all the songs and all that stuff, so. Good classics. Now I have to go like make yeah, some popcorn and watch it. Now we need all need a movie. Absolutely. Night. <laughs> well, thanks for joining us, and we'll be looking forward to the next episode. Yay! Yay.
Thanks so much to Kelly again for joining us on our first episode here. Her Zoom will be April 22nd from 8 to 9, and that link will be available to you in our show notes. Join us next week on April 26th for Michelle, who will be talking to us about God is greater than my trauma. See you then.